Alrighty, everybody. Good afternoon. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. And uh, slowly but surely, Wiz, they've been leaking out the details of the NFL schedule. And I, th- I think we got a bit of a surprise today, Wiz, I have to say. You know, we, we talked about it on the last podcast uh, about the Lions, and they were going to have to live up to some uh, high expectations this year. And Wiz, they're going to be on stage for the first game of the regular season against the defending Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I was joking about what the total was going to be on that game. It's going to be pretty high, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's a a lot of expectations for the Lions this year. Uh, You know, this is uh, the first time I can remember in, in recent history where the Lions are, you know, they're, I've heard people even say that they are the biggest threat to the Eagles in the NFC. Um, and uh, a lot of people consider them uh, the favorite to win the NFC North. Um, and, you know, with that comes, uh, with those expectations comes a little bit more pressure. They're not the underdog. They're not going to be uh, catching anyone by surprise uh, like they've done uh, recently. So, We'll see how that plays out, but that 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 figures to be a fun game. Yeah, look, you know, we we've talked a lot about the kind of the balance of the two conferences, where it looks like the AFC is going to be the you know more exciting and dominating conference. But you know, you never want to fall asleep in the NFL on any team. Uh, I think sometimes uh, expectations can turn around very very quickly. We've seen so many times before of teams that don't make the playoffs and the preceding year come back to make the playoffs. I know you talked about the Green Bay Packers and it looks like the schedule makers have some respect about what's going on there with Jordan Love at quarterback now, but they kind of leaked their whole schedule. I saw they had I believe they have five uh, national game appearances, uh, primetime type appearances. And, you know, they're, they're, I, I think you mentioned the last podcast, there's still a lot of talent over there. Uh, you know, the Lions are, are intriguing, Wiz, in that they went 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. And as we know, to start the season, a number of heartbreak games. So, But expectations and pressure will be on. The schedule will be more challenging. Uh, it's going to be fun to see. Uh, but, yeah, I, I was a little bit surprised. I, I thought it was going to be the Bills against the Chiefs, quite frankly. And, uh, you know, they threw a curveball at us. And uh, we'll be watching the Lions and Chiefs uh, on, on that Thursday night to open the season. Uh, and, by the way, Aaron Rodgers, uh, I think we talked about this kind of in, in – in, uh, you know, in some of our conversations, but it looks like uh, him and the Jets are, are going to be all over the map uh, in terms of uh, high exposure games this year. Yeah, we figured you know that, that was going to that was going to be the case, and uh, they'll be one of the more intriguing teams in the NFL. But I think there are a lot of interesting storylines uh, in the NFL, and uh, you know, one that I think is just a really uh, great story is uh, <clears throat> Foster Moreau. Yeah, getting a, a three-year contract with the Saints, uh, a lot of it guaranteed money, and uh, hopefully um, he's on the mend and his health will be okay. And uh, looking forward to uh, seeing him in a Saints uniform this season and uh, and helping that team. Yeah, and, and we know uh, some of these rookie camps uh, have opened up. You're starting to see some commentary leak out from the coaches pretty soon. Uh, you'll start seeing some of the veterans come in for some more off-season workouts. And it'll build up to, uh, you know, camps opening up uh, sometime in late July. And, you know, as we know, this moves very quickly. Uh, but, you know, I, you know, just kind of looking at what's happening, I'm starting to get geared up, you know, starting to look at rankings and 
uh, yeah, there's a lot to think about going into this season. Uh, there, there's going to be movement, uh, no question about it. Uh, there's still a lot of high-profile names of, of guys that are free agents. Uh, I saw today where your team, the Minnesota Vikings, uh, ESPN's Diana Rossini is basically saying that, you know, the Vikings are all but done with Dalvin Cook, it looks like. At least that's her reporting. Uh, it could outright cut Dalvin Cook. They weren't able to do any trading. There was some rumors before the draft uh, but, you know, making Dalvin Cook a free agent at this point in time would certainly perk up some ears out there, uh, you know, in terms of uh, teams with a running back need. Yeah, I mean, these things, um, with these rumors, I always take them a little bit with a, a grain of salt. I'm not, not knocking Diana Rossini. She seems to be uh, have some ends with uh, with the NFL and, and their sources. But uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure. I, you know, I know that if you're in a dynasty league and you have Alexander Madison, uh, that's fantastic news for you. So uh, we'll we'll see how it plays out. But it's certainly going to make it interesting um, interesting discussion as we hit the NFL season. And uh, if Dalvin Cook becomes available, uh, there are a lot of teams that could use that player. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, and then I think uh, you know for this podcast, we want to kind of touch base on a couple of rule changes that were kind of. Uh, brought up by certain teams, uh, a majority of them were turned down, a few of them got passed, uh, and I know you had a couple of things in your mind where, where some of these kind of offshoot leagues have, have been doing some fun things that uh, maybe the NFL should be taking a look at. Yeah, I mean, the stuff that the NFL passed, it's kind of disappointing. I mean, you know, players can wear, can wear number zero this year in the NFL. I know Calvin Ridley. Uh, Braxton Berrios, uh, I think uh, DeAndre Swift will be wearing zero, uh, a few other players as well, and then something with the punters as, as well, their, their, their jersey number, uh, there's more variety with what they can wear, uh, but as far as the meat and potatoes, there's something with the replays, if a play is overturned, they, the officials can set the clock back uh, beforehand, so it, it's it, there are some things that were done, but I was really looking forward to, you know, having the ability to challenge roughing the passing, passer penalties, which was just such a, a major topic last year. And uh, the XFL did something very, very interesting this year. Um, they gave coaches a one-time challenge to challenge any play during the game. That includes a penalty that was called that they feel shouldn't have been called and a penalty that wasn't called. I mean, a penalty that was called that they feel shouldn't have been called and then a penalty on the field that wasn't called that they felt they should have been penalty. And I'll give you an example. There was a play where a running back ran a 60-yard play for a touchdown. He ran right up the sidelines and um, no penalties on the flag. And the coach looked at the play and said, um, this is ridiculous, you know, the, the wide receiver – grabbed the jersey of the cornerback, stopping him from even attempting to make a tackle. Dean Blandino is the uh, review, uh, he, he's the, the review official in that league, and in five seconds, he overturned it and said it should have been a penalty. So I'm looking at things like that, some creative ideas. Um, I hate these game-changing penalties, roughing the passer, 50, 60 yard defensive pass interference penalties. Those plays, in my opinion, should be reviewed. They are really game changing plays. And uh, I just feel when it comes to these challenges, what plays could be challenged, 
the NFL is a little bit behind, in my opinion. I know, there's no question. First, first off, on let, let let's go with the let's go with roughing the passer, and I understand the intent on protecting the quarterback um, from you know being being uh, put in a very vulnerable position. Completely understand that, but we saw some. You know, as uh, Bill Raftery likes to say in basketball, these nickel dime calls where guys were just getting tapped and there was hardly any weight being put upon them. They were being tackled in a correct manner and flags were getting thrown. It just was it, it was just ridiculous to the extent that it, it got to the Falcons. A, it cost the Falcons a game. Against sure. A hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah, I, that was a ridiculous call in that game. So so I think that 100 percent needs to be. Um, instituted at some point in time, and maybe it'll take more more people becoming infuriated when games are determined uh, as a result of that kind of stuff. Uh, I know we've talked about that defensive, long defensive penalty, defensive pants interference penalty as being something that should be similar to the college game, where it's a 15 yard penalty instead of the the length of the, of, of the of the foul. Uh, a spot foul, right? Yeah. So I, I think there's some merits to that as well. Um, and you know, yeah, you know, I, I, unfortunately, as we've seen before when the NFL was, these things take a lot of time to, to happen. Like even the catch rules. Yeah. I, to me, the, I still, I, I still struggle to understand the catch rule in the NFL where, right, right. you know, in, in the end zone, a catch is different than out of the end zone. I, it, you know, I, again, I, we saw that happen last year in a couple of games, once in the playoffs, just, uh, yeah, those are the things I think that are high on my list in terms of things that, that definitely frustrate me i i do like the, the, that that one-off play where it's vice versa whatever you know a play a penalty not called that should have been called and vice versa i like that i also think look i don't want it for fantasy purposes was you know we we play a game called football so the foot is involved in kicking off uh punts uh, extra points, field goals, right? And I know there's a lot of guys out there in fantasy world that are clamoring to get rid of the randomness of the position of the kicker. I, I don't necessarily agree with that, quite frankly. Uh, I think you got to do a good job of, of managing your league's scoring system and, and rewarding, you know, making big kicks and, and vice versa when a guy misses an extra point, taking points away. Uh, but I do think there's some very interesting things as well going on with extra points in, in both of the leagues, right? I think if I'm not mistaken, there's a one, two, and a three-point option, in a, if I'm not mistaken, right, where teams have the ability to uh, put the ball in the end zone from, from a uh, – I think there's one – or yeah, something like a – Yeah, the, the, the two-point conversion is from the two-yard line. Two. I'm sorry, the one-point conversion is from the two-yard line. You get two points if you convert from the five-yard line, and you get three points if you convert from the 10-yard line. Which, so by the way, is if you have an injured kicker, if you have an injured kicker, that, that, that is a rule that probably should be, you know, if you, have no, if you have nobody on your roster that can make a kick, at least you could try to get the one-pointer from the one-yard line, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's you know, I, I just feel like the NFL is... Um, I don't know if some of these owners are just from, you know, a little older and they, they don't necessarily want to try innovative and new things. But, like, you know, going back to that interference, you know, situation, I, I don't understand how the same penalty can be different yards. Like, if you hit a player late from the offensive side and if you hit a player late from the defensive side, those are 15-yard penalties. 
An offensive pass interference penalty is 10 yards. I don't know how a defensive pass interference penalty can be 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 yard penalties. Like, I just think they need to think about changing that to what the college does. If it's beyond 15 yards, then it's 15 yards. Um, and if it's under 15 yards, then it's a spot foul. I, I just think those game-changing penalties, and remember, you're not allowing the coach to review those penalties, and some of those are so subjective um, that I, I, just, I just feel uh, something needs to be done, either being able to review them or, um, you know, lessening them to at most 15 yards. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, right? Like, it's just like a guy throwing a heave down the field and, and you know, picking up a penalty on a 40-yard play. And sometimes those plays is like a lot of ba- back-and-forth scuffling. A lot of times it's the offensive player that's actually initialing the first side of contact and the defensive guy gets nabbed for it. I, it, it, it to me, it's, it's, it's a very bothersome call. Yeah, and not only that, I agree completely with that. You know, the, the, the pass ends up seven yards out of bounds. Like, you know, I know it was different, but it could have been interference, but there was no way that penalty was going to go for it. That play was going to go for a touchdown. So why is it being marked as if it was going to go for a touchdown by placing it the one yard line? So I would love to see that. And then the coach's challenge, like this is the one thing that also irks me. I, I hate that if you get a successful challenge that allows you one more. I feel like every team should have a challenge, and every time it's successful, they keep that challenge. So by the NFL's rules, the way they are now, if you get four horrible calls against you in the game, you're going to be out of luck on two of them. You challenge one, you're successful, you'll get another one. So you're, you're at the mercy. I just feel like give every team one successful challenge, and that challenge lasts for every time they challenge it, that they are ruled to be a successful challenge. I don't understand the premise of you're out of successful challenges if you get four or five bad calls against you, which we see in NFL games. So I'm, I'm just a little irked and confused by like some of these rules and uh, the unwillingness to really change and give things a try. Yeah, and I think the one thing that, that – you know, for me last year, was one of the things that I felt we were talking about all too often during the NFL season was the quality of the refereeing, right? Like, I think that yeah. – and, and, and in the playoffs, it ended up being an impact. We talked a lot about senior referees that have retired and gone into television and taken packages and all this sort of stuff. But, you know, you're left with a, a little bit more of a, a barren cabinet uh, for fill-ins. And I think, you know, we, I think too many of us – on Monday morning and Tuesday morning are talking about referees rather than what's going on in the football field. No, I agree a thousand percent. And I also dislike immensely the fact that inside of two minutes, it could only be challenged and, 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 and looked at by the replay official. So if the players on the field, the coaches on the field, the coaches upstairs in the box, they see something quicker then the official on you know who's who's reviewing these plays inside two minutes, they're quicker than him, and the team gets a chance to get a playoff. You're out of luck. I don't understand that. What do you know? Why are they leaving that to to, to a, a replay official if he's not on top of it and sees it as quick? Teams, you know, in a matter of seconds, can get up to that line of scrimmage, spike the ball, and they're ready on to the next play. Oh, yeah. No no, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. So, yeah, hopefully, you know, again, 
I don't want to see games influenced uh, in, in, uh, in, in a wrong way fashion during the season, but you know, I have the feeling what we're talking about here, at some point in time during the current season, uh, it will come up and rear its ugly head. Oh, there's no doubt that we're going to be revisiting this saying, remember what we said in, uh, in the middle of May, uh, because it'll, it'll come to fruition. But uh, it's, just, it's just frustrating and, and like... Who cares if a player can win zero or not? I mean, this is these don't change affect the game in any way, shape, or form, and they just seem to overlook some of these more crucial uh, situations, which really do change in a, and can affect the outcome of a game. Yeah, no doubt about it. So uh, that's that. On uh, I don't know if you have any further rules to add on that you want to talk about. Um, no, that's really it for now. Those are the those were the main ones. And then, you know, on to the show tonight where uh, the schedule will be re- revealed. Um, I think there's so many juicy matchups. I think we've talked about this before. You know, we've gotten comfortable with the lack of success here in New York between the Giants and the Jets. But both teams, you know, with Aaron Rodgers coming here and the Giants being in the playoffs last year, I think it's going to be very infrequent that you see the Jets and Giants playing at the same time uh, during this coming season. Uh, I think you'll see a, a lot of these teams uh, getting the exposure uh, back in primetime action. Uh, I already saw, I guess, a few of the Thanksgiving games were leaked out, right? Green Bay. Uh, oh, sorry. I think the, are the Raiders playing? Or the, are the Packers playing in Detroit, right, on Thanksgiving Day? I think I saw that, right? Um, right. Uh, you know, again, uh, Joe Burrow uh, and the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, they're going to tangle late in the season. I think that's on New Year's Eve. we got Christmas Day games again. Uh, there's going to be three doubleheaders on Monday. You've got a lot of flex scheduling going on. So, so we're, we're going we're gonna to get a, a look at everything. Um, and I'm pretty excited to see uh, how the, how the cards, are, cards are laid out uh, after tonight's schedule. Absolutely. It's going to be a... A lot of fun, interesting, and I do like that the NFL makes a bit of an extravaganza out of this. Uh, I know last year on the NFL Network, and I will be watching the NFL Network because I just really cannot watch ESPN, uh, but the, I remember last year the NFL Network with Rich Eisen, it was terrific. They had uh, all of the main play-by-play guys from all of the networks um, on there, and it, it was it was Al Michaels, Joe Buck, etc. And uh, I hope they do something similar because they were talking about the games that those particular play-by-play guys had. And uh, I like that they make something special out of this. No question. Yeah, it's a, it's the start of it always. We get to look forward to a lot of things. Uh, so that's uh, that's a wrap here. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Make sure you're subscribing. Make sure you're listening. Wiz, you have a great evening. You do the same. Thanks.